Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home of NARC Troopers. Visit me on my NARC Troopers website and you will find podcasts, articles, video vlogs, merchandise, and many other things uh, that will help you on your recovery journey. Today's topic is called Before the Narcissist, Reclaiming Your Authentic Self After the Narcissist Hijacks Your Mind. The narcissist needs you to be their mother for a while so they can heal. Then they discard you in an attempt to separate and become an individual. The only way a person with NPD knows to individuate is by pushing people away. They only feel that they exist when they are not merged and fused with someone else, which is what they do at the beginning of this whole narcissistic cycle of abuse. Devaluation is like growing pains and preparation to break free and become fully human as if giving birth to themselves. Sadly, it never works out as they hope, and they only go on to repeat the cycle again and again. As Dr. Sam Vaknin so aptly says, the narcissist tells their intimate partner, if you love me, then let me merge and fuse, then break your heart. I am dead inside. So let me give you my emptiness so I can come to life. Well, it is an absence aspiring to become a presence by rendering their partner as empty as they are. Let me try to distill the critical content of this dynamic. The narcissist takes over your mind like an infestation, like a virus. And long after they're gone, they remain in your head. You know, in a strange sense, the intimate partner becomes sort of um, the narcissist and takes on that state of being after the discard. This is a tough concept for a lot of people who interpret the whole experience as a victim predator good and evil kind of thing, but there is a switching of roles, at least in some capacity, and an inevitable shape-shifting and a strange dichotomy that exists in this deadly dynamic. The codependent person tends to give continuously, while the narcissistic person tends to take continuously. It's a very one-sided transaction. And let's remember too, almost all of the interactions with a person with NPD are transactional in nature. Richard Grannon, well, he's another one of my favorite people, not as much as Sam Vaknin. I listen to him every single day and he inspires me in a multitude of ways. Richard Grannon's great. He's got a great voice, great ideas, great guy. And he says, betrayal is baked into the relationship from the beginning. I like that. And I'm pretty sure that that is absolutely correct. The narcissist is unaware 
of their intentions in regard to these things that we're talking about. Um, and, you know, I don't think that they know what this dynamic is because they're so delusional and they have such magical thinking and they're so um, disconnected and dysregulated. They don't know. They, they believe their own version of reality. They, they're lost in that fantasy and it is real to them. It's like they're in a different universe, a different parallel reality or something. And, and it's not the same, um, you know, they don't live in the same world that we live in. So um, I don't think they possess much awareness of the end game or even that it's a game at all. In most cases, I think the narcissist and their intimate partner have experienced similar trauma in childhood. I'm willing to guess that happens a lot, most of the time, uh, at least in my experience with the people I've worked with and the people that I've met in support groups and my clients and people that I've read about, heard about, you know, seen on Quora and um, Facebook narcissist groups and you know, Reddit and just, you know, all over the place. It seems like that's a common denominator that they had some kind of wounding as a child. So it's also good to think about this. Narcissism and codependency have many common features, such as a need for external validation, focus on the self, shame, unconscious dependency, and helplessness, that's a big one, helplessness, somewhat arrogant and maybe overly confident, usually deep in denial and even delusional, trouble communicating and, and issues with controlling um, that manifest in different ways. When a relationship ends, the narcissist lives on in the mind of their discarded partner. The person with NPD and their intimate partner have become one mind, sort of a hive mind, like bees, you know, that they, they have that telepathy or whatever it's called, and they can communicate without speaking and because they all have one purpose, one mind. There are no boundaries or separation, only symbiosis. Some have even compared it to like a cult-like brainwashing or Stockholm syndrome. In any case, there is a type of osmosis, absorption, co-opting, digesting of one another so that it's impossible to tell where one begins and the other one ends. It is imperative for successful independence and complete recovery to separate and individuate from the narcissist before next steps can happen. And this is hard. It's complicated. I mean, how do you know? I, I have trouble with that. I have trouble knowing where my authentic voice begins and ends and where the interjects, the, the voice of my husband, where that with NPD, where that voice ends and begins. Um, you know, there are ways to reclaim your authentic self that that person that you 
predated, you know, that predated the narcissist and their complete and off, often stealthy takeover of you, you can reclaim pieces of that person at least. So first of all, one must question the voice in their head and identify who it belongs to. In the aftermath of, of narcissistic abuse, the narcissist voice is the one in charge and has become their intimate partner's inner voice, conscience, and intuition. One way to examine who is at the helm is to ask if the, the voice is compelling you to act or if it's just a, in a silent state of being. The narcissist voice is most likely going to be the one that's going to try to get you to do cer certain things, act in a certain way, or react to something, even maybe to view the world through a specific lens that maybe isn't yours. It would be wise to question these thoughts to ensure that they are your authentic original thoughts and true to yourself, the one that existed before the narcissist. You did exist in some capacity, at least before the narcissist. Secondly, the discarded or recently escaped partner can take it upon themselves to actively reach out to their authentic selves. An exercise that helps to reconnect uh, to that self is to think of a list of declarations and statements that affirm your original self. For example, you can journal and say, or maybe just say it out loud, and say things that you recall about yourself before the narcissist. Like, I like dreamsicles. They are especially delicious if bought from the ice cream man. Sleeping on my stomach makes me feel most comfortable and secure when I sleep. Um, how about this one? Dave Matthews is the perfect summer concert under the stars with loved ones. And my favorite concert was with Dave Matthews and my children. I love ballet and lyrical dance, and I feel weightless and empowered when I'm gliding across the floor. Teaching at the university was such a great experience that it was rewarding and validating and just fun. I loved that. We all had a life before the narcissist. Do you see my examples of what I just shared with you? Those are examples of who I was, what I liked and didn't like, before the narcissist. And um, that's what we need to try to get back to. We had families and friends and hopes and dreams. We laughed and cried and lived and loved. You know, there's many things that we experienced and memories we made that belong just to us and us alone. The narcissist was not there. They did not participate or merge with that memory to alter it and create some kind of imprint that would create that thing called ever presence where they condition you to not be able to ever escape them because they're always there everywhere you look, everything you eat, everything you see, everything you hear, it all brings you back. It's all a trigger. It all causes a flashback or anxiety or panic or something. That feeling, you know, that we're still bound to the narcissist and by the narcissist and reminded of them constantly, even long after they're gone, years maybe after they're gone. 
when they co-opt your life, your mind, your power, it feeds them copious amounts of delicious fuel, fuel that gives them a euphoric yet ephemeral fleeting fleeting uh, and temporary sense of relief from this hunger and desperate desire to fill this void, this emptiness. The centerpiece of all this lies in the fundamental fundamental connection between memory and identity. Now, let's talk about that for just a second. If a person has no continuous thread of memory, then they have no core identity. Their core is hollow as their past is riddled with bullet holes and broken windows. There are gaps of recall and this deficit prevents them from constructing a sense of their place as an individual in the bigger picture we call community. They simply don't have an identity. They don't exist because they just fill in these gaps of missing memory with confabulations, fabrications, made up fiction, stories. It's like a play or a movie. It's not real. And so they are an absence of being. After the relationship with a person with NPD, the intimate partner experiences a similar loss of memory as if their time together was just this bubble where everything within that bubble was either foggy and disconnected or it was just this yummy, tantalizing confection of good goodness, you know, and wonderfulness that the narcissist constructed, believed was real, and made you believe was real as well. This shared psychosis with derealization, that's what it's called, derealization, it's surround, it was surrounded by this dizzying intensity this intensity and bliss, uh, which is the perfect recipe for loss of self and loss of your mind. You surrender to this magic, to the smoke and mirrors, and you just lose yourself, your identity, as you are consumed, dissolved, and digested by the narcissist. Mm -hmm. That does not sound good. <laughs> It is impossible to move on as long as the narcissist lives on in your head. Trust me, I'm almost three years out and I can give you a testimonial right now that is true. It's impossible to move on as long as they live in your head. And many trained mental health professionals, clergymen, healers, you know, various and sundry people that you may be turning to for help, they're not aware of these disassociative phenomena that transcend gaslighting, trauma bonding, and cognitive dissonance. Like the narcissist, it's almost like you no longer exist. And like my wonderful mentor in absentia, Sam Vaknin, often says, what they leave behind, this voice is an absence because they are an absence and this empty hollow void of nothingness is what is left in your head 
that is very alive and well and active and influencing everything. It's influencing everything. So you have to grieve several things while you're in recovery. You have to grieve officially. It's part of the process. You have to grieve for the loss of the life that you thought you had with the narcissist, the one in the bubble, the fantasy bubble of shared delusion, that shared fantasy thing, that life, it wasn't real. You must grieve for the loss of the narcissist and who you believed them to be because they weren't real either. They never really existed. They were like a hologram. They were like a mirage, like, um, you know, they were a fiction. They were a reflection of you. That's what they were. They were a reflection of you. They weren't who, who you thought they were. That wasn't real. It wasn't real. You must also grieve your own loss of self and identity, your own loss of conscious and moral compass. You have to grieve for the loss of time, precious time that you spent with the narcissist in this shared fantasy, the loss of time that has disappeared as if you were abducted by aliens or if you've maybe it's kind of like you've been in a coma all this time. Maybe it's months, years, decades. I don't know how long you were in it, but it's like you were taken away, taken away, swept away, carried away, spirited away. It's a great little anime movie, by the way. A relationship with a person who suffers from NPD is all about, all about loss. The things they lost cost them their humanity, their humanness that they can never get back, no matter how hard they try or how much they self-deceive. These things you lost that were an integral part of who you are and how you will navigate this life as a human, you know, um, it's a tremendous loss. It changes everything for you when you lose that. With education, acceptance, and awareness, I think we can overcome this soul-crushing identity theft and become human once again. It may take longer than you wish, but it is entirely within your reach. Just keep moving forward and keep moving towards the truth and the light. You can't save them. They died a long time ago, but you can save yourself. Let's start. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. <laughs> 